Welcome back to Making It So. This is our episode 16 where we are covering season 2, episode 5 of Strange New Worlds. I'm your host Craig and my co-host Maddie. How you going mate? Let's play charades. Let's play charades? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Uh, sounds like. No, you can't talk. That's that's the joke. <laughs> well, it's a bit hard on a podcast, isn't it? That's the joke. <laughs> I just didn't get it. Yeah. Whoosh. Straight over. <laughs> How you going this week, mate? <sighs> Sorry. Little, just... It's like 8.40 p.m. Oh, no, that's fine. I just woke up after this episode is all. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You're just a little bit, like, you're just going that hard at it already. Just, you know. It wasn't just, that bad. I just trying it. to Just trying to equal the sass. Wow. Mm. All right. So, just a little bit of news this week and a mm-hmm. little bit of sad news for the Star Trek family this week. Uh, Manny Koto, the season four of Enterprise showrunner. Oh, the he, good season. <laughs> he actually died this Aww. week uh, at 62 years old. Um, he had a 13-month battle with pancreatic cancer. So, oh, wow. yeah, 62, 1961 to 2023. So uh, some people may also know him from his work on the TV show 24 with Keith Sutherland as well. Oh. So, yeah, a little bit of sad oh, news. shame. 13 months uh, battle. That's, yeah, that's a long time to be dealing with shit like that. So, mm. Rest in peace, mate. It was um, what did Terry work on? Did Terry work on Enterprise? Terry Metalis? Yes, and I think he worked on Voyager for a little bit as well, didn't he? I can't remember. I'm just wondering if if they knew each other and he may, he may maybe, very well um, have. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he sort of contributed anything to um, Picard at all. Yeah, well, he he was the well maybe I don't know, but mm. yeah, Manny, yeah, fuck, he almost almost saved. Yeah, Enterprise, I guess, because it got close to getting yeah, that Yeah, the name season. the name definitely does sound familiar. So, as someone who's not you know not a huge fan of Enterprise, no, but yeah, season four definitely had some high points. Yeah. Anyway, um, after that news, what do you reckon, Matty? We should uh, check the synopsis out for this week's episode. Let's do it. Let's have a look, shall we? The episode's title is Charades. Uh, A shuttle accident leads to Spock's Vulcan DNA being removed by aliens, making him fully human and completely unprepared to face T'Pring's family during an important ceremonial dinner. Directed by Jordan Canning and written by Catherine Lynn and Henry Alonzo Myers. I actually got the writers correct this week because I clicked through. Progress! Yay! As always, Maddie and I have just sat down and watched this episode and we've just come straight in to talk about it on here. So if you haven't seen the episode yet and you don't want to be spoiled, please pause the episode, go watch the one on the TV, then come back and listen Mm. to us. Or watch half of it, pause that episode, then come and listen to this and then get spoiled and then go back and watch the other half. I don't know. I'm just... Oh, I was like, where is he going with I'm this? I'm just making sounds. <laughs> making sounds? Yeah, yeah. right. Look, I, I thought this was a little bit of a fun episode, actually. It had some great character moments in it, but I know you were a bit like, ugh. Yeah, it, there was some funny bits. Like, I think Pike was good. He had some funny bits. I don't know. I just think we kind of did Vulcan hijinks already last season when to Pring? Yeah, to Pring, yep. To Pring and Spock switch bodies. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. That was that was good. That was good fun. I mean, that was something like when you think about it, like six episodes ago, seven episodes. You know, like it yeah, wasn't, that wasn't that long, long ago. ago. And now we've got more Vulcan hijinks. 
And we still haven't had an Ortegas episode. Look, I'm just oh, you just you know you're really on that Ortegas train. <laughs> I've just got to mention it once once per episode. <laughs> yeah, I I think for me the body swap episode did it better. Okay, I had that was fun. That was goofy and fun. This was this felt a little bit cringy for me. Okay, uh, that that's fair. I can see yeah, that. Like it, I, to me, I thought it was great because was it uh, Ethan Peck really got to. Play with the character quite I love, well. I love Ethan Peck. I was first introduced to Ethan Peck back, uh, of all things, Madam Secretary. Uh, he played B.B. Newworth's son. Oh, that's um, the one that's... Um, is that the one Tia Leone? Yes. Yep. Yeah, and B.B. Newworth was... You've watched Frasier. You're a fan of Frasier? Yeah, yeah I like Frasier. Uh, Lilith. Yeah, okay. So Lilith uh, is in uh, Madam Secretary and Ethan Peck paid, played her son. Uh, he's in a couple of episodes and he was really, really good. And he's like he's like Gregory Peck's like grandson or something like that. He was fine in this. He was great fun. There wasn't a lot of Vulcan in the other Vulcans I found. There was... Yeah. To Pring, like, I didn't... I know people have been very critical of her, like, from when the show started. I quite liked her in the pilot episode, and I liked her uh, in the body swap episode. Mm -hmm. This episode, she was very emotional, as was her father. Oh, her dad. He was, yeah, super. That was terrible. I mean, he was funny, but that was terrible casting as a Vulcan. And then the mother kind of... She was just bitchy. Yeah, she had some good moments. But yeah, I think it's a it's a hard job. Like I acknowledge it would be hard to be like, you have to be like a, a nitpicky bitch, but be emotionless about it. That's a hard that's a hard gig. Um but yeah, I don't I don't think she pulled it off. Yeah, and like as I was saying to Maddie while we were watching the episode itself, I was like we were talking about different actors who have played Vulcans. And I was saying mm. that Tim Russ has probably played the best Vulcan overall that we've seen, I, I, I think. I think so, yeah. I mean, Spock, of course, you get a lot of leeway there being that he's only half Vulcan. So there's... there's And they were still learning what a Vulcan was, really. Yeah, and so there's play in that. Um, I mean, Jolene Blaylock did okay as far as like a full-blooded Vulcan goes. but She um, did, but she had quite... Like, she had a lot of emotional stuff, but that was because of some of the stuff that... Her character was exposed to. Yeah, it was to. like plot driven or that yeah. kind of thing. Whereas, yeah, when you've got, you know, T'Pring and her family rock up. And again, T'Pring had to play, oh my God, I can't stand my mother. Get me away from her while being like not showing any emotion. And, and again, that's that's a hard thing to play. But Amanda actually almost uh, played more I think, stoic. I think she out Vulcan the Vulcans. Yeah. She, she, you know? Um, yeah, so I think that was... I think you can have fun and you can have hijinks and I love a goofy episode, but there's still certain things, there's still certain check marks that you have to do mm. within that. So I just felt tonally it was very all over the place. I think the 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 biggest sort of visual representation of that is after Spock's just gone through the, the rite of we're going to say everything that's terrible about you to your face – and he goes around into the corner and does this hilarious, like Home Alone Macaulay Culkin style, just limbs akimbo everywhere, screaming into a pillow. That would have been funny, but they were still playing like the tense dramatic music. And it's like, well, no, that music makes sense when he's in front of him because he's trying. They're trying to bluff. They're trying to bluff um, her parents. But you could play the comedy there, and they won't. So it was just. 
It was a little sloppy. It was a little over the place for me this episode. I, I like how you say like uh, the telling people what's wrong with them like to their face. Yeah. You know what? That, that reminds me of the Festivus episode of Seinfeld where they have the airing of grievances. <laughs> <laughs> All they needed was the feats of strength. That's essentially what it is. The only, <laughs> the only part of the ceremony I didn't really understand is the mind meld. So Spock had to mind meld with his mother and share a memory what does what do the in laws have to be there for that? For if anything, wouldn't you think if it's too fair, he would have to share like a yeah, share family. a memory with maybe if like he had to mind meld with Tapring's mother mm. because you're bringing the two families together. Like to me, that would make more sense. Obviously, it then made sense. There was the cute little thing at the end, the button on the end where um, Spock and and Amanda have the conversation about you know, and it basically she shared that memory because that was one of her strongest memories about them being accepted while being on Vulcan. That was all cute. That was all great. So I get that, but it just didn't make sense in the story. Yeah. To get I get there. it. Yeah. Um, like th- this story. So obviously the A and the B plot in this um, was very chapel heavy in the, you know, I guess the B plot. Yeah. 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 Her trying um, to save the day. Trying to save the day. Like, so the episode opened with chapel with her log. And, yeah, they were going to do a survey on an ancient moon of Kirkov. Like, couldn't, like, haven't we heard enough Kirk? Like, did the writing team here go, what name can we come up with? And then see, like, a Kirk and go, oh, we're just going to add an of to the end. Like, there's too much Kirk. Like, let's move away from that. The part I didn't understand is it was, like, on a moon or a planet in the Vulcan system. Well, was it in the Vulcan system or close to the Vulcan system? I thought it was in the Vulcan system because like, yeah, that's it was how like Tapring's family like showed up as well. But also, it's like, well, the the entities like yellow and blue are like we are of Kirkov, yeah. so they are they are connected to that planetary body, yeah. which gives the illusion or the idea to me that that little anomaly didn't just pop up. It's been there a while. How did the Vulcans not know about it? I I thought, this is me personally, mm. and I may, may have missed something in the dialogue, but I thought it was close to the Vulcan system, not in the Vulcan system. But again, so, if it's right near them... And it might not be that they didn't know about it. It might be that they... Yeah, because Vulcans are a bit weird sometimes. They don't necessarily like find everything interesting. But that's their thing, though. It's like yeah. they have... Like once they're folded into Starfleet... They have that, but then they still have like the Vulcan Science Academy or whatever, like, and they have their Vulcan their Science, science Directorate, sh- yeah, and they have their ships, and they go, and it's like, well, why, what? Maybe it just wasn't as interesting to them as what you know we think it should have been. But then it was at the end because then, um, Christine was like, "Hey, I I talked with these these entities today that haven't communicated with humans or Vulcans in hundreds of years, blah blah blah," and bro was bro was suddenly interested. Yeah. And I was like, well... Yeah, she fucking shut him down, didn't she? Yeah. I feel like it, it could have been something as simple as, like, it just was nowhere near the Vulcan system. And to bring in her family were already on the way. Like, they didn't... There's just yeah little, little, little plot holes like that that kind of bugged me around. I'm just like, well, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, th- this episode um, filled in a bit of a... like. So there was a, a line of dialogue in the last uh, episode where Christine was talking about going away for the fellowship and this episode really well, covered I think they set into it up that. It was like 
episode the, one or two they mentioned that. Or was it, was it really that long early. ago? Yeah, it was really early they mentioned that. Yeah, maybe it wasn't last week. So I thought they were setting up maybe she was going to leave at the end of the season and go and do that. Like her and Spock were going to will they, won't they well, for the rest they, of the they season. They said it was only going to be for like two or three months, I think it was. Though. Yeah, but so. I just thought it would be... we. From a story point of view, maybe they'd play the will they, won't they. Obviously, we as an audience know they won't because of what we know of the future. Um, plot twist, Una reversed us at the end there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I thought like they would play it, will they, won't they. And then at the end of the season, maybe Nurse Chapel leaves um, to go and do this. And then she pulls a Beverly and she's not back for a while next season or something like that to sort of give them a little bit of space. But instead they kind of, yeah, they flipped it and it's like, well... I steered into the skid. Yeah. <laughs> started on that. And the shields. Oh, we're going to get to the shields. We'll get there. Um, yeah, but instead they're like, okay, T'Pring's like, we're on a break. And within minutes he's like, balls deep in chapel. He's going to church, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, which is fun. Like, I'm down for to explore <laughs> yep. the, the Kirk-Chapel relationship. Because obviously we know, well, assuming, you know, with all the timey-wimey stuff, we're assuming that it's not going to work out well, that at some point they're going to not stay together. Um, But it's good TV to watch them explore. Like one of the main sort of plot threads of the original track was, you know, Spock exploring what it is to be half Vulcan, half human and, you know, what can he... So I'm like, okay, let's explore this. And then obviously it then does lean into like those little knowing glances and smirky things that the original chapel, um, Major Barrett, was giving to Nimoy you know, well, in the original series. It's interesting so. you say that because on IMDb here, there's a little bit of trivia mm. and it reads, Christine is preparing for her internship by reciting the Corby principles of archaeology. This is a reference to Roger Corby, the famed archaeologist to whom Christine will become engaged in the original series continuity and whom we will see in the episode, What Are Little Girls Made Of? So That's a nice touch. Yeah, they're going to lean into that by the sounds of it. So, like, she will obviously meet him at this point and then potentially, well, she will get engaged to him. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they are still... I think that Obi-Wan Kenobiing it a little bit you know, having to bring on the ship with her parents, like kind of stuff. And it's like, well, Uhura's like right there. And Uhura never knew that Spock was engaged or anything like that when there's the big reveal of T'Pring in the original series. So, and she wasn't really a part of that storyline. Like she was with Christine and, um, uh, God, what's Ortega's first name? Erica. Erica. I am Erica Ortegas. <laughs> I, I fly, fly the, the ship. ship. That's all I do. In this, what does she do? Flies a ship. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you could say that it's like, well, Uhura's just there helping out Christine, doing that kind of stuff because of what happened to Spock in the shuttle accident. So Uhura wouldn't know about Tapring and all that kind of personal stuff going on there. So I think in a way that's it's still safe, but it's very like Obi-Wan Kenobi from a certain point of view mm. kind of thing. Um, yeah. What Do you think that old Chris Pike is preparing to go on a future version of MasterChef? It's like every episode yeah. we see him in that kitchen just yeah. cooking up a storm. Do you know what I We realised in this episode, I think I spotted it last week when you spotted the saddle. And then we both noticed it this week. It's like, 
he doesn't have a ready room. He just has a desk to the side of the conference room, and he, yes. and he put a and everyone room uses there. the conference room. Yeah, it's a bit weird that he has that giant friggin' quarters with a full ass. Like his kitchen is bigger. He than He has my a saddle kitchen. in his quarters as well, doesn't he? Yeah, but then he doesn't have his own designated ready room. That feels a little Not that weird. We've seen anyway. Yeah. yeah, he just has that little desk to the in side. In the corner, yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe that was like a, that's his trade-off. It's just like, well, to get the double size quarters that he's got, they're like, well, you can have a full kitchen or you can have a ready room. You can't have both. Like his quarters is almost as big as my house. And yeah. Like, I don't have a small house. Like, yeah. It's a full, like, that's what something you see. If you watch Suits, that's like Harvey Specter's apartment. Yeah, it's basically huge. what he's living in. Um, cooking away. I, th- I thought this, there was some really good character moments in this episode. So like at the beginning there. It's like Spock was at. Um, oh, sorry. You see, like the girls drinking, like in, mm. like I guess it's like their version of Ten Forward yeah, on the, the ship. Yeah, the, the bar yeah. on the ship. Because um, I guess in this time period, they don't really have replicators. They have what, like the matter synthesizers yeah. and just raw materials and stuff. So I wonder if it's Synthahol. I wonder if I don't know if Synthahol was a TOS thing or whether that was like a next generation thing. So I, I don't know. I think it was more next generation. In, yeah, I wonder if they're getting soused. I wonder if those are real drinks. When Spock, Chaplin and Benga were in that turbo lift, like mm. that just like you could see Mbenga standing in between them, like giving yeah. the eyes between them and it was so awkward. And it did it did mm. I did notice something we spoke about last the week a little bit with the turbo yeah. lift. Yeah, like Spock just kind of held the handle, turned it, said where he needed to go, and then let it go. So yeah, there's a little bit of inconsistency the, Yeah, there. so... Um, but, you know, at least he grabbed onto it. Yeah, exactly. So, something it did... And this is completely out of the blue, just in terms of it doesn't affect anything, but it's something I only noticed this episode. I think this might be the first Star Trek series with the majority female cast. Like, of the main cast... There are a lot of females, You've got there? five women and three men. So you've got Una, Chapel, uh, La'an, Uhura, and Ortegas. Yep. And then you've got Pike, Spock, and Mbenga. That's yeah, the main right. crew. Yeah, when you had When we had Hemmer, or Hemler, or whatever he was, Hemmer, yeah. he was never part of the main cast. He was just a guest cast. Now they've replaced him with um, Pelia. 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 We haven't seen, didn't see her again this week either. See, they're pulling this weird thing with the engineers where they get like Mm. three episodes a season. Um, But yeah, I never noticed. And I I think I really respect the fact because I feel like, and this is the, you know, if you're playing bingo or a drinking game, this is the part where we make fun of Discovery. I feel like if, if Discovery had a predominantly female cast, they would just be like, look at our, look how progressive we are. Look at our mostly female cast. Well, we're breaking down doors and barriers because we are. So- Whereas I've not heard a single mention of oh, that no. anywhere. Anyway, it's just, they're just the cast, you know, in the same way. And, and to me, that feels like Next Generation Voyager era where it was just like, like Voyager, I think, had the most diverse cast of any. Mm-hmm. In terms of nationality and all that kind of stuff, but it was it was never a thing. They never like they were never like, "Hey, look how cool we are because of it." They just cast who was right for all those roles. Yeah, I think these days a lot of shows and movies they sort of really lean into that. Oh, look at how progressive we are, type yeah, of thing. virtue signaling. And they haven't done this in uh, Strange New Worlds, which I think is great. Yeah, because it you, doesn't distract from the show. Then no, because it's just something that I've came, come to mind and gone, "Oh yeah," and then obviously you look. From a nationality point of view, very diverse, which is great. But yeah, they're not 
trying to get brownie points or like for they're just like we're just casting who we want for these roles. Um, no, because if they'd have spoken yeah. about it a lot, like I'd be looking at it going, oh, well, why are they talking about this? Like we're just humans. Let's let's just get on. Yeah, with yeah. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like there was all that controversy um, with uh, was it Endgame where they had that scene with where all the girls got together. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. and they spoke about it and like, oh, look at us with all the girls type. Of, like that was just like. It was a fine, fine scene. Like I didn't yeah. mind it. Yeah, it was a throwback to I want to say like A Force, which is like a group of Avengers yeah. who are all female, which is fine. The only problem with it is most of those girls didn't even know each other. Like as far as the characters go, there was just a bunch of characters drawn together by their ovaries and yeah. decided they were all going to walk together. That's uh, to me that's by like, our that's ovaries combined. Part. Yeah, like we are um, Captain Planet. But yeah, if, if though if. <laughs> If more of those people knew each other, that would be a perfect. Like you couldn't fault it. Um, but yeah, if, I mean, if little girls enjoy seeing that strut scene of those girls, then awesome. Yeah, and like to yeah. me, yeah, it's not distracting having you know like so many females in a cast at no. versus you know what would you say five females versus three men? Like, yeah, to me, it's just like they're they're the characters. That's it. Like. Yeah, it's it's not something I've put any thought into really. I'm like, no, oh, they're no, just cool I characters. just noticed because there was two scenes where it was like, because obviously Chapel was kind of avoiding Spock. Yeah, all the so girls was, are out drinking together. So there was four and girls with Spock having drinks, and they brought it back again with the four girls on the bridge with Spock as well. And again, all of them bridge officers, so it doesn't look weird. Like it, it doesn't look like they're trying to do. It was just five people in the workplace talking and having fun and stuff like that it would even if chapel wasn't trying to avoid spog it would make sense especially that bridge scene would make sense because chapel doesn't work on the bridge the scene where they're all you know? they're drinking like it reminded me of like the mm. big bang theory where like there was the girls nights and then like raj would go out for girls <laughs> night with them or you know the occasional one where um sheldon would just hang out with the girls at girls yeah. night it, that's what it reminded me yeah, of because it's yeah, very yeah, awkward spocky awkward there. yeah yeah so no, I love that. I think that's great. I think that's really, really good. I um, but yeah, I just noticed it out of the blue and just thought, oh, okay, cool. Another uh, nice little bit of a throwback to say Enterprise in this one was where they're cooking in uh, Pike's quarters, and he tries to get Spock to smell like a piece of basil or whatever it was that he was cooking, mm. and he's like, oh, I can't smell it because of my nasal suppressant, like to pole because she was the only Vulcan on a human ship she had to use like nasal suppressants or get used to the smell of humans because you know apparently we smell quite bad yeah and they've got very sensitive noses it tracks i mean and like in universe you can go okay well obviously well out of universe that was created after um tuvok and it's like tuvok never mentioned any of that so it's like well out of universe it makes sense that you know, they're doing a throwback to that. But then also it's like in-universe, it's like, well, Tuvok's also like how many hundred years in the future where Vulcans are more integrated into into society with humans and, and everyone else. Maybe they've as, gotten as used to it of more. Federations. Yeah, they, they've, you know, so they've gotten used to that. Um, whereas, yeah, obviously it made sense with um, T'Pol. And then, yeah, they're just doing a little throwback um, to it here, which I think is is fine. I think that's a nice little touch. So, yeah, so Spock and Chapel they go on the shuttle to explore this... Um, what they call it, like an energy anomaly or a, a they, stable vortex. They threw every fucking scientific word they could at that at that thing. Like at one point, Chapel said, "There's like gravitational radiation." Yeah, and I'm like, 
We haven't really heard S- that one before. Excuse have we? me, Gravi- gravitational radiation. <laughs> I actually don't remember hearing that, but okay. Oh, it 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 was there. I in my ears perked up. That and the what was it later on when when Chapel's talking to Blue and Yellow, and they sort of give her back the memory of being like, oh. Spock made the shields on your side of the shuttle stronger to protect you. See, that, that to me, that, that wasn't a problem. But That's not how shields work. Well, you can transform, transfer more power of the shields to one side cool. of the ship. Yeah, which makes his side of the ship more prone to, to hull breaches. And if his side of the hull breaches, guess what? She's getting, I want to say sucked out, but blown out too. That's dumb. So I think maybe you're looking at it more as a whole breach type of thing. I'm looking at it more of a energy coming through the shields, damaging her body compared to his. That's the way I'm looking at it. Like radiation mm. type of thing. So he's protecting her side more from the radiation, but, but then, it depends like where the radiation is coming from. Well, as you well. assume it's coming from the anomaly and he turned his side of the ship towards the anomaly. That That is true. So it, yeah. So it's, what, and it's like, and at the start when stuff stuff started going weird, he like maximum power to the forward shields. So he was, you know, and then did that weird line about turning into the skid or something like at that. At the end of the day, he was trying to save her life, and oh, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. we're supposed to focus I, on. I get that. I nitpicky just, Star Trek fans. Just <laughs> get Andre Bromanis back and just get a get a science person in there to be like, that's not how it works. Mm. Like if I've got to come to terms with the fact that most dinosaurs actually had feathers, like as a grown adult now. Yeah. Well, you know, then, you know, Star Trek can be like, hey, let's let's talk about the actual science. I mean, I know that's what Discovery tried to do with, with the mushroom drive. Um, Spore drive? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that's like a thing, but no. Anyway, Spock wakes up in sick bay with everyone around him and we've got that like perfect mm. like first person view from him. And yeah. he's like looking at his hands and stuff. He and got like, some stubby little hands. I yeah, say. little stubby fingers. Little stubby fingers. Like, yeah. like I've got relatively. Stubby he's got fingers. some fucking booty cheeks, though. Yeah, God the man's got stacked. He's got more booty than Jess Bush. Chapel. That's yeah. I mean, I would have gone with Chapel there, but I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thrown in Jess Bush there. Just talking about that. That's I just literally. I'm looking at my t- my screen on my laptop, and her name was just there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Bro, he's stacked. He does not skip leg day. No. So. Yeah, like he sits up and we see him and he doesn't have his Vulcan ears anymore or his mm. Vulcan eyebrows and it goes to the opening credits. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Like it was it was quite interesting. It was a long but long um opener before the credits too. Like there's a lot a lot of stuff went on before the um It seemed to be quite fast paced at the beginning. Mm, and then it slowed about. right down towards the end. Mm. Um which was fine. Like, it wasn't distracting or anything like that. Yeah, obviously, they were just trying to... That's what they obviously... That makes sense to be the the moment before the opening credits. The There's a lot a lot of setup that they had to do. Yeah, yeah. So... I guess it... Because I guess it would have been too convenient to... If they just did the away mission, and then not until he sat up, were they like, Oh, no, you're human and there's Vulcans on the way. It would be a little bit too convenient. So, it makes sense that they set all that stuff up as well prior to the credits so, so after the credits there so una and laan go check the shuttle and find his cock ring and yeah the calling card yeah cock ring. <laughs> it was a strange shape uh the calling card mm-hmm. um 
hole in the middle. It was interesting though that the the aliens, the the Kirkovians, mm. they had fixed up the shuttle and what'd she say? It was like they'd done a deep cleaning on it as well. Yeah, and stuff you coat of paint on it or something. Yeah. It was very uh, I did like her um tricorder. They had like the old school tricorder with the big um like D battery with the red light on mm. top that she was waving around. That felt very Una. One thing I did like though, once they brought that calling card back up to the bridge and gave mm. it to Uhura so she could figure out how it worked. How much what girth Spock had, yep. Yeah, that and Pike got quite excited about a first contact yeah. as well. That was really cool to see. That like, tracks. That's good. He's just like, yeah, him and Una just kind of look at each other, and I feel like that's a throwback to like the pilot. Mm. You know, um, yeah, that's that's the most interesting. That's the most fun like, part. At this point in Starfleet's history, like we're still like really close to home. Like yeah. respect. Like yeah, we are. We're so close to home still. Which yeah, is and great. You, yeah, you wouldn't expect to uh, make first contact this close to Vulcan either. Yeah. It's just like, you know, so yeah, no, very excited. Yeah. Pike had a lot of great moments in this episode. Yeah. But yes. for, not, for not a lot of screen time, I feel like it was, yeah, he was like, everything he did was, it was good. It was on. on. <laughs> there was a couple of funny moments, but yeah. we'll get to it. Was, it was weird that he was like serving to bring in her parents, like a waiter to like, so I can understand uh, hosting the festivities, but then to be like, literally cooking and serving and all that kind of stuff. I was like, mm, so, he's still a captain. Amanda Grayson is the wife of an ambassador. Mm. Oh, are to Pring's parents like ambassadors to somewhere as well? Because then that would track why um, Pike was serving them. I don't think so. I think... You it, think they're up from upper class society still? Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. But I just think even if they were ambassadors, I think that would make Pike look small and ineffectual. Like you would want to meet them with respect, but as an equal, whereas I feel like he was in a subservient role. I mean, he was just helping his bro Spock out at the, yeah. end, of, at the end of the day. But he was also, you know, while everyone else was in civvies, he was wearing his formal dress as a Starfleet. Like if, if he was in civvies. Yeah, the, the, the green. Um, yeah. With the like ra- the green wrap, wrap thing. Yeah. Which I think we've seen him in once before. Um, That's, it, I, I think it's, it's not a formal, formal uniform. It's more like a, a dinner formal uniform type of thing. Yeah. Like, obviously like a smoking like, jacket type um, of thing. Yeah. Cause obviously we saw what the formal uniforms look like during the trial. Yeah. We didn't see his, but we know that his uniform would yeah, look something like but that. But it yeah. is also, yeah, it's a nice way to tie in the fact that Kirk had that weird green smock for a little while. Yeah. Um, yes. But it just, it just, to me, it was like, if, if, Pike was in his civilian clothing because everyone, like Spock didn't put his uniform on for the ceremony. No. He was wearing civilian clothing. So I just felt it was weird that Pike was in civilian, was, wasn't in civilian clothing as well. He was there wearing a rank on his uniform. He was there as a Starfleet officer. I felt a little bit weird. And it had the very, very much like the gold leaf ranking. Yeah. And it was everything, very, very it? prominent. Yeah. So, and given that like almost everybody else got, Civilian clothing, like Ortegas is rocking out in a you know shirt, and and uh, Laan had a little outfit and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it just it just stuck out a little bit to me. Uh, there were quite a few cooking scenes in this episode. Mm. I liked where Spock was like sort of learning his emotions, and he was cooking with Pike, yeah. and then the bacon. He met he met um he met the doctor's um twin brother. The doctor's twin brother. Yeah, where are you going with this bacon? <laughs> I was like, hang on, what? Did I miss something? I just came up with that. Yeah. That's a dad joke. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Call me daddy. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> to 
just go weird. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, you distracted me now. Excellent. No, that's good. You're just thinking about bacon or thinking about calling me daddy? What's, no, 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 what no. Are you thinking about? Bacon. But anyway, so <laughs> Vulcans are vegetarians normally. And obviously now I Spock is about that. fully human. Mm. He's cheat day. Well, he said, yeah, he's making up for lost time. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I've got like nausea. Maybe he, did, maybe he didn't know bacon's a meat. <laughs> He'd eaten too much bacon, which yeah, I thought was maybe, funny. Yeah, straight off the grill too. He was like, ah, ah, just picking up the grill. Oh, that was a nice touch. Yeah, that they really leaned into the Vulcans uh, vegetarians thing in Enterprise with T'Pol. Mm, yeah, yeah, so. I remember that. Um, I don't know if it was ever addressed with um, Tuvok. I know Chakotay was supposed to be vegetarian. Really? Yeah, they did mention it in dialogue in a couple of episodes. There was oh, um, season seven when um, the two-parter workforce, yeah, where like um, Harry's like sick in in the Delta flyer, and he's like, "Oh, you made me drink the meat juice." And he's like, "Well, yeah, Commander Chakotay couldn't drink it because he's vegetarian." And, Ch- and Harry Kim's like, "What? It's meat <laughs> juice? Meat juice? Um, also known as gravy?" Yeah, and then like in season one. His favorite soup that Seska made for him was mushroom soup, but then flat out in like season five, he's having dinner with Jane Wayne. She just made him a pot roast. She did, she gave zero fucks. <laughs> She's like, if you're having dinner with me, you're eating meat, buddy. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's like if you come to my house and you're a veg or a vegan, whatever. Eat some lettuce. Um, yeah. So yeah, as I've, I've written down here, don't test me, Kirk. I'll break you. Oh, yes. Oh, that was, yes. Yeah, Sam Kirk. So, yeah, he's having a briefing in the... That was weird. Yeah, so obviously he's still learning. Uh, so Spock is learning how to regulate his human emotions because he's fully human at this point. But no even... Vulcan DNA. And he's like, he could see the crumbs on the table. It's obviously Sam well, Kirk. Well, no, that was, that was while he was still fully Vulcan. That was the start. So oh, then there, there that's two when he, scenes. Yeah, so yeah, he picks it up yeah. and then puts it in the bin. They're, like, they're both lieutenants. Yeah, they're equal rank. Why is he like, you know, bussing his, his plate and, and um, uh, cup? And then what does Spock do? Just moves the crumbs from the table Onto to the, the floor. ground, <laughs> which is the same glossy surface that the table is. Mate, Who's got to come and clean that up? The Enterprise, I swear, has like little doors around the place where little Roombas little come out Roombas. and just clean up the place. Like on uh, Moya yeah, in Farscape. Yeah, I was going to say, Farscape did it first. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't like that at all. And then obviously, yeah, then later on, he's like being irked by Kirk. Huh. Yeah. Um, and they have the, to hold him back. Yeah, and I'm just like... Bro, what what is any of that? <laughs> He's got that OCD for crumbs by the looks but of it. But he just moved them from the table to the... F- and they were big crumbs. They were, weren't they? Like, there was a lot of crumbs there. Like, that's gonna you're going to hear crunch sounds when you walk over that. Like, you're going to feel that under your boots. And everybody uses that room. Like, we kept going back. Like, Chapel came and did her thing there. Spock got sat down in the naughty corner there with La'an. Like, the captain's desk is right there. And you're just throwing crumbs on the ground... And that's somehow making it better than the crumbs. Like, put them, put the crumbs on the plate, and then do like. Yeah, I thought he would have put the crumbs on the plate and then then put it in the bin then, off to the side there. But but no. then why was he? Yeah, why was he like serving another lieutenant? Like not serve, but it's like he was clearing plates for another lieutenant. I, I think that was just because of his OCD. He wasn't necessarily clearing it for him. He was clearing it for himself to get rid of his OCD. He's a bridge officer, tech, and like he was throwing orders at Kirk because I think 
like they're both lieutenants, but based on what we know about Star Trek, he would have like Spock would have seniority. Yes, of course. Like in the same way, Paris could give Balana orders because he had seniority and he was a bridge officer, even though she was chief engineer. They were both the same rank. Um, because because yeah, and then he's like yelling at him. Like I I didn't like it. Hey, random thought that I had this week actually because I, like I was watching some episodes of Voyager and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So. Paris, lieutenant, right? Yeah. Gets demoted. So goes to the brig, gets demoted to ensign. Yeah. Right? A little while later, yeah. comes back to work. He's got an extra pip on his, on his chair. Yeah. Right? He's been a fuck up, right? Yeah. Gets promoted again. Poor Harry, not fucked up at all. He says it. He says, I yeah. didn't see a little box on my yeah, chair. Yeah, he does. <laughs> that was... They, I think they'd written themselves... It was very sassy. Yeah, well, I mean. they'd written themselves into a corner there because... Tuvok, Balana, and Janeway all went to the Borg Cube and got assimilated. That was Unimatrix Zero. Mm-hmm. So Chakotay was left, and he had no, quote-unquote, first officer to play off. Can't use the Doctor, can't use Seven, can't use Neelix. So the only people left on the ship were Harry and Tom, who were both ensigns. So they absolutely just wrote in that little fake promotion. Like, or sort of reinstatement. Re- yes. They actually should have promoted um, Harry and left for, um, Tom, Tom as an ensign. That'd that would have been, been great. Fantastic. That would have been a great dynamic on their, on those characters as well. Yeah, because like he, he was like outranked him and then he yeah. outranked him. It would have been great. But anyway. Yeah. And ra- it would be fun to see a, And I guess it's something, you know, that's been addressed in Lower Decks. It's like that that power dynamic shift. Mm. Um, and seeing... Oh, where you know, Boimler gets to be yeah. a lieutenant. Yeah, and even... Um, <laughs> even is it Tapestry with... Um, Picard, he talks about like he and all his friends were ensigns, and then when he got promoted to lieutenant, or one of his friends got promoted to lieutenant first, like he was different. Like they, you know, they changed and it, it made things awkward. It, it, so. It, so it is hard when you do get promoted. So like as a private soldier, when I was uh, when I was a private many years ago, um, and you do get promoted to say lance corporal over your peers, mm. like you do have that responsibility over them then, but you're still their friends. Yeah. And then you get promoted again to corporal and some of your friends are still oh, privates you don't, you and don't stuff. You promoted to sword corporal? Sword corporal? Well, because you were lance corporal. <laughs> oh, another dad joke. Uh-huh. You know, I've worked with people and then sort of like who were my subordinates, but then were also my friends like outside of work and stuff like that. And yeah, it can be a bit weird sometimes. Yeah, and it, so. it's even more of a thing. Because like when you're a corporal, you're still very close to the private soldiers. But then when you get promoted to sergeant, you become like a senior non-commissioned officer. Mm. There's very much a big separation then yeah, between right. the the ranks. It really changes the dynamic a lot. And mm. I can, yeah, I can understand that with Star Trek a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this actually. episode kind of reminded me too, like because La'an outranks Spock. Doesn't she? Because isn't she Lieutenant Commander now? Uh, no, I think Who she's is? just a lieutenant. Oh, I thought she got promoted. Because uh, then ju- during the during the trial, they were talking. She one of the things like Una's trial. Um, they were talking about how Laan has been promoted every year. Um, since she they did say that, but yeah, yeah I, I don't. I thought she got a promotion because of all the the Gorn stuff. I thought she got promoted at the end of last season to Lieutenant Commander. Now I need to. Oh, they need to things. wear pips. I hate the stupid wrist things. You can never tell what's Yeah, what. but like all those original series people will be out there looking at it and they'll be like, bang, 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 but, bang. But Christine has two silver stripes on her thing. Like, what? She's just a nurse. She doesn't have a rank, does she? She's just Nurse Chapel. She's not like Lieutenant Nurse Chapel, is she? Well, you like that's like... um. 
um, Deanna, like originally you don't really look at her and think that she's got rank, but she does have well, rank no, she, as well. In the pilot when she was wearing her little go-go outfit, she had pips. But then obviously by episode two, they put her in all the weird mm. outfits that she was in. Um, and yeah, it's like obviously, you know, Dr. Bashir is a lieutenant. He's like a junior grade lieutenant when we first meet Yeah, him. lieutenant junior grade. And yep. then by the end of the series, he's a full grade lieutenant. And like Dax is lieutenant. And then I think somewhere between seasons, maybe she goes to Lieutenant Commander. She yeah. Lieutenant Commander. And it's never mentioned sort of in dialogue about a promotion or anything like that. Um, talk about yourself. I'm just going to uh, In this as well, I like how La'an was explaining emotions to Spock. Like, she is quite an emotional person. Like, can you imagine her as like a sassy, emotional teenager? I, like, she would have been like, what the hell? I just feel like it's no different to what she's now. Like, no, I think it would have been those, 10 times worse. We've seen her in those, this like, is controlled La'an. Yeah, but I'm talking <laughs> about like when we saw her with Kirk. Yeah. That's just her as a teenager. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, Chapel's interview that she has with the uh, with the Vulcan guy, okay. like that, literally went for like forty seconds. Yeah, I mean that's classic Vulcans. What um, do you got? I'm on memory alpha. It does just say lieutenant. Yeah, for, that's what I thought. Life. Yeah, I guess she's chief of security, so I guess that's why she's talking to Spock like that. But again, if that's the case, he would outrank her because he has seniority. But I guess it was a security issue because there were two guys holding him back. So, so yes. one thing I've got to mention with this episode as well. So, Jess Bush, who plays Christine Chapel, she's actually Australian. I think I've mentioned that before on the podcast. Yeah, here. I'm pretty sure. But she's obviously not using an Australian accent. But I noticed in this episode there was a little bit more where her Australian accent yeah. crept through a little bit. And I don't know if that's because, like, while she's playing the more emotional part, like trying to play that emotion, her she can't keep that American accent up or not. I don't know what I it mean, is. That's just also bad directing for someone not to go. Hey, let's take that again. We heard your accent. Ooh. Um, but then again, it's like um, one of the famous ones. There's an Australian comedian here. Um, Why couldn't she keep her Australian accent? Because Nurse Chapel doesn't have an, an Australian accent. Let's change things up a little bit. Oh, really? <laughs> you want to incur the wrath of Star Trek fans? I don't think so. Um, there's an Australian comedian here, Michelle Laurie, and one of the favourite things she always liked to point out is in, um, Troy. Mm-hmm. Um, Rose Byrne is in that. Yes. And so is, uh, what's the, uh, Legolas from, um, Lord of the Rings? What's his name? Uh, I know who you're talking about. That guy. Anyway. I'm sure our listeners yeah, know who he plays, um, he plays Paris. He plays a character named Paris. And then he goes off to war or something like that, and Rose Byrne like yells at the top of her lungs, like, and obviously they're putting on the whole. I mean, it's weird because they're playing ancient Greeks, so they're, they're all putting on British accents, which is weird. But that's what it, what's what Hollywood does. <laughs> um, but then just not at the moment no, with their actors and writer strike, as of today. <laughs> yeah, millionaires boycotting other millionaires on behalf <laughs> of the little people. Love it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the fight, SAG. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but in the just broadest. Australian acts out of nowhere, like it's building up the tension and she's talking, blah, blah, blah. And then just out of the, out of she goes, Paris, wait, in just the most Australian accent ever. Um, just <laughs> out of the blue. And it was a big moment. And they just went, cut, print, it's fine. Not a problem. <laughs> Whatevs. Yeah. So they were in a hurry, obviously. What'd but you think of Spock's beanie? It's regulation. It's not regulation because the <laughs> Delta was inside out on the wrong way, whatever we want to call it. It, it was, was mirrored. It was, it was back flipped. Back to front. It 
was. Oh. I didn't notice that myself. I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's a bit strange. And then Maddie was like, just the, it's back to the front. The light caught it, and I just went. And like, if it was an embroidered delta, you could understand that he, they he fucked just it up. Put it inside out, but it's literally like a metal pin. That's it's like they've on, they've like how welded you, the pin on the wrong side. Yeah, like what the like, and he's literally wearing one on his chest. Like that would have been made by the costume department. The costume department who decided for this show to add thousands and thousands of tiny little deltas to the shoulders of every single fucking person on this ship and couldn't get a beanie right. <laughs> what in the fucking like first day, friggin' oh. I also liked where they bought in some prop ears for Spock to wear so he could pretend to be Vulcan. Like, mm. you think they were the actual prop yeah, ears that they the used? Yeah, it would have been. It, yeah, it looked just, good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been the easiest way to do it. Like, yep, we're just going to bring in the, the ears that the actor has put on every day. So, Amanda as well. So, they were doing a tea ceremony and that Vulcan teapot, like, made of, like, full metal, mm. you know, sitting on an open flame and rather hot. Like Vulcans are used to heat, so and they wouldn't even feel pain apparently. And Amanda has learned to suppress her pain mm. as well. I thought that was like I Whoa. thought it was a really nice touch because the actress made a really, really good choice where Mia Kirshner her voice just changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you could it was you could tell she was suppressing the pain, but n- like not in an out of control way. Like it was just, it was just so subtle and so well done that she's like, I'm suppressing this pain right now. And her voice just went sweet like honey. because (laughs) That's her coping mechanism to deal with this pain. And then as soon as it did, she just went straight back to this. And either that was a fantastic choice. She was probably MVP for this episode. Yeah. I I like, yeah, she was, she's very, very good. And like her Mm. teaching her son to say her tits then. No, but they were their own character. They, they, they were there. Yeah. <laughs> they stood out well. Yeah. Um, yeah, her as a human teaching her now human son, who's normally half human, half Vulcan, mm. teaching him how to be Vulcan. Yeah. That was quite good. I liked yeah. that. And there was, I, I missed it. I sort of hadn't put two and two together, but there was a line there where Spock mentions like he's still estranged from his father. Is that a TOS thing? Like, Oh, is is like Leonard Nimoy Spock? Is he estranged from his father until like Sarek shows up for the first time in the original series? No, or? I think it's something to do with um, well, like him joining Starfleet or something. Maybe I know. I thought it was something to do with Discovery. Oh right, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, no, I think it was something to do from there. Yeah, right. So now I need Sarek's just just busy. Yeah. Just I hate Michael. to say it. Now I need to go back and watch parts of Discovery. Ugh. I'll only watch like with Discovery now. I'll only just, go back and watch the stuff that's got Pike and all them. I just Google it. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you could find a synopsis. You could you could IMDb. You don't want to torture yourself. Yeah, you could IMDb and see what episodes that actor's in, and then just read the synopsis for those like episodes and save yourself about four hours Maddie, of torture. are you going to watch the last season of Discovery? Of course. Okay, I'm going to cool. shit all over it. I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, unless it's good. <laughs> like, it has been known to happen that shows that are you know coming to an end do come good at the yeah. end. And sometimes I'm, they save themselves. Look, I'm a completionist. I am at the moment watching terrible Sex and the City sequel reboot thing that's on like binge like what a sex in the city reboot it's in its second season bro really they're all in their 50 it's the sex in the city weren't they in their 50s anyway <laughs> <laughs> no well, they, in, the, in the original show they're like in their 30s 
Now, and I mentioned this on one of our Stargate podcasts, um, in this show, they're still basically doing all the exact same stuff, but they're now actually chronologically older than the Golden Girls were when the Golden Girls were on television. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that really bends the mind a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. But they're still... How, how fashion has changed and made women look yeah. younger these days. Yeah, they don't have that horrible grey helmet hair. <laughs> mm. Which um, apparently all the TikTok boys were. I saw a TikTok the other day and it's like um, all these like teen boys now just doing like they're wearing the blanche. They just they're just having this weird curly helmet of hair on the top of their head. And once you see that it's actually the blanche from Gilm- uh, from, from um, Golden Girls, you can't unsee it. It's funny. It's like, hilarious. Maddie and I watch two very different types of TV shows and mm. come together for sci-fi. Yeah. It's, it's quite amusing actually. I like, can't believe you don't watch Madam Secretary. That show slaps. Yeah, no, I don't. Like, like there's a, like quite a lot of shows that I obviously do watch, but yeah, that's never really been one of the ones that oh, have it's come like, across it's my like TV. It's like modern day Star Trek. It's so good. Modern day Star Trek. Uh-huh. Okay. She's like solving all these moral dilemmas and and what was that nineties show? That, peace between what was that nineties show that Tia Leone was in? Uh, uh, the Naked Truth. The Naked Truth. That was actually quite good. She was back like a photographer day. in that or something like that. Yeah, well, that's yeah. a bit weird too because wasn't she a photographer in Bad Boys One as well? I think she was. Yeah, she could have been. Yeah. Uh, no, fantastic in um, Madam Secretary. Yeah, Check right. Yeah. Ma- maybe I will. It's done now. I think it got five and a half seasons. See, I actually like seasons. that though. When I come across a new, like an old show that I've not watched, and then it's done, I can just binge the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I like that. No, it's really good. It's yeah. it's yeah. it's like when I watched Battle Star Galactica. I had never watched that before yeah, until like right. last year, and then I binged the whole lot, and it was great. Yeah. No, I can um I can I can vouch for um. Makes me wonder if Babylon Five is any good. I want to try, but it's very hard to find. I believe. Ah, okay. Is it not on any of our streaming services? I don't think so. It might, it might be now. I looked a while ago and I couldn't find anything. Hey, I am anyone curious. listening, is Babylon 5 on any of the streaming services here in Australia? It's probably stuff on YouTube, I guess, but I don't know. Dharma and Greg's all on YouTube. I noticed that the other day. That's on Stan, I think. Is it? Yeah. Really? Okay. I'm pretty sure. That was actually a pretty funny show. Mm, Will and Grace is better. <laughs> See, Maddie and I watch different shows again. Um... Was it Chapel asks Ortegas and Uhura to go with her to see the Kirkhoffs? What does she ask Ortegas to do? Fly the ship. Fucking hell. Well, she's a pilot. I know, but she's not the only pilot on the whole fucking ship. Yes, they're friends. <laughs> but it's just like... Who gave them permission to go, though? Like, exactly. It, it almost sounded like Mbenga was the one to, gave them, to give them permission. But Chapel just ran out of the sick bay and went and spoke to them while they were eating lunch. Um... Yeah, and then Spock's like, what? They've gone on a mission? And it's like, well, Pike didn't give them permission. Yeah, so it was either Una or Mbenga. Well, it can't have been Mbenga because she never went back. She just she just ran it. She just said, you're stupid and you're old and everything you know is wrong. I figured it out and then ran out of the room. With like fist pumps and like foot stomping. Basically. like She said, you're too slow, old man. I've learned, I know every every trick up your sleeve is not going to work. And we then he shot up different. with his green goo stuff yeah. and super soldier to... Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, it's, it was passable. The, um, the workout scene that La'an had a couple of weeks ago, she still looked very too like 2023 mm-hmm. um, Pilates girl. Um, Chapel looked even worse. She was just wearing a flat out t-shirt. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was just Jess Bush in yeah, her workout yeah, yeah. gear. I 
no. getting a sweat on. Sci-fi it up, guys. Come on. Yeah, we want some sci-fi style. Give some weird, give some weird outfits. Like, remember when, like, <laughs> um, Seven and Janeway are, like, playing Velocity or whatever it is on the holodeck? When Seven fights the rock. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever Seven does anything, she loses her sleeves because she lost her sleeves in that. And then when... When her and Janeway are playing the phaser, I think it's Velocity, where they're like shooting the little holographic targets yep. on the thing. Seven's basically just wearing her normal outfit, but there's flats built in instead of heels, and she's got no sleeves. And then Janeway's wearing this like weird unitard with a skirt built into it. I'm like, give us some of that weird shit. All the stuff that Cassidy Yates used to wear was fucking wild. Oh, yeah, yeah. She had like, some wild fucking put her wardrobe. Put in some of that shit. Like, yep, yeah, there's, be sci fi about it, guys. Don't be lazy. It's one step away from a fucking disco t-shirt. All right, to Pring's mother. Eh. She's she was annoying, and even mm. you could feel that I mean, sass coming from Topring as well towards yeah, her mother. I mean, that was her role, but yeah, too emotional for me. Mm. And her dad too emotional as well. Oh, way he yeah he, he wasn't even Romulan like no. he was way off. He was just a human with pointy ears, but another bald Vulcan. That's true, That's yeah. like five. That's like a new drinking game. Every time you see a bald Vulcan in Strange New Worlds, drink. And he definitely wasn't uh, wearing the pants in that relationship at all, was he? Like the very matriarchal type of yeah. relationship. Well, what do they say? Like he's basically just, um, uh, a, what do you call it? Like a... He was like a houseboy by the looks of it. No, I was trying to say he's <laughs> like this little submissive um, cuck for um, Sarek. Mm-hmm. Like he wants, to, he wants to suck on Sarek's balls basically. So that's why he's just like down for anything to get connected to Sarek's family. Whereas the mother's like, Sarek doesn't impress me. What did you think of the interdimensional space and that whole visual of that, Matty? Uh, it was another polished concrete floor. Okay. Which is basically every other surface on the, on the Enterprise. <laughs> what about the background? Um, yeah, it, was, it was fine. Like I've, I've got one of those like, um, like $40 Nebula projectors from Kmart that projects that onto my ceiling every night before I go to bed. So... That's fine. There's some questions that need to be asked there, but we'll move on. Well, you haven't seen those? No. It's so relaxing. No, I'm it not. Just, it's just a little a little disc that just like sits on your bedside table and it projects like a nebula onto your ceiling. It's all just like, ooh, it's like colors and like, ooh. Yeah, nice. It's relaxing. Okay. Mm. I've got like a little uh, noise generator. But, uh, no, this is silent. This is just projects a nebula on your ceiling just so you've got this cool little scape on your ceiling to go sleep to. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. I've never seen it. I'll have to Google it later. Yeah, you're not coming into my bedroom. No, right? no, I don't want to come in your bedroom. No. Well, that sounds really weird, doesn't it? I don't want to come in your bedroom. Oh, <laughs> calm down, buddy. Go back to Jess Bush. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so the name of the episode comes from oh, this next fuck. part. No, I'm out. <laughs> like, Pike I'm gets out. them to play charades. No, <laughs> I was like, where, where is the name of the episode coming in? And then he, like, he interjects into their little... Uh, their ceremony that they're having for an earth thing with charades. I was like, what is this? I get that it's also a play in like the whole thing is a Well, I guess it was a charade. That's what I thought. You know, they're putting on this whole thing, but then you just flat out start playing charades. I'm like, oh. (laughs) And then he touches like his ear and he's like, uh, Sounds like. Sounds like, And then the Vulcan goes, ear. (laughs) That was funny, but yeah, like, oh. All right, tune in next week when hopefully it doesn't suck. So, the way that Christine comes back and treats Spock, like, it seems like these little hypo sprays can do everything and do it really fast too. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've always been able to do that. Yeah, but like now, like, yeah, it was like they're completely changing his DNA. 
Yeah, remember just in, using a hypo. Remember in the pilot though, where like his ears changed shape in front of her eyes. That's least, true. They didn't even do that. They were just like she was like, oh the the if you'll feel the effects immediately, and then the what did you say? The physical changes will come later, and it's like well, cosmetic changes like. Yeah, physical, yeah, cosmetic. You know, yeah. the physical changes are happening inside his body. Like, she's a she's a nurse. She should know better than that. But it's, again, it's, I think it's just people writing technical stuff that they don't actually know anything about it. They, they, they're they writing good character moments, but I do think they need some kind of um, uh, science advisor on the, just doing passes on the script going. As Spock is, so obviously T'Pring's mother had given them lots of sass Mm. through this and then spock was like i've had enough like i was actually a human the whole time through this because and you thought humans were no good basically yeah pike starts your face pike starts to walk back from like the kitchen area and he Mm. like then he does like this turn it's like and it reminded me of that meme where homer's backing back into the bush basically yeah (laughs) maybe maybe that's why they put him in green for that moment I um, thought I thought that was quite funny and a little good funny. comedic timing. Yeah, it was funny, but it also was part of the whole reason he was coming back with more hors d'oeuvres is because the non-Vulcan father was like all interested in wanting more of those hors d'oeuvres, which to he wasn't allowed to have. Bag. Yeah, <laughs> that he got real excited about when he had them until the wife said, "No, they've got salt on them, so that makes them not Vulcan." Um, I liked how Amanda was so proud of Spock, though. Yeah. Like, that was a really good mother-son sort of a moment. Yeah, it was like like I was saying before, like, you forget sometimes that Spock is half human as well. Imagine how hard that would be for a human growing up on Vulcan Mm. with, like, a Vulcan husband and, like, teaching their child to be, like, basically fully Vulcan. And I think that is a really nice social commentary because I think there's a lot of people out there who are of mixed heritage can identify with that. Belana Torres did it fantastically in Voyager. The and it was allegorical. It's like her she was um uh what Spanish, I guess. Yeah. I forget what her father's name was, John John Torres. Um but then she was half Klingon and it's like that was allegorical of people who have mixed heritage parents. So I think it was like my son like half Australian, half Belgian. Ooh, like I mean, like it's not, still just, still just a bunch still of white wives. people, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. he he can speak, and he's only four. He can speak yeah. perfect Dutch, which is the, his Belgian language, yeah. and perfect your, English as well. Your white privilege is showing. What Whoa. I'm what I'm talking about is people who it's a it's a term. It's passing. So it's like if you're of mixed heritage, there are there are um, black people who like who have black parents or one black parent and one white parent and come out completely white and they pass as white, or vice uh. versa, and they might have one black parent and one white parent. And present black, and then you know there's a great character. It's in, like one um, of the girls at work. She's got a a child that she had with a Chinese dude, and the child looks completely white. Yeah, doesn't yeah, look Chinese see, at all. Yeah, and then the flip side to that is if he looks, you know, completely Chinese, and then she's out with them, people will be like, "Oh, who is this kid that you're with?" Like, you know, that people don't. Why are you still child? There's, there's a yeah, there's a disconnect there. <laughs> so I. I kind of like that allegorical nature, which is what you know, okay, Star Trek yeah. is supposed to do, in that we always look at Spock and see him as a Vulcan and forget that he's human. He's, he's just as much human as he is Vulcan. We're, Even though he presents predominantly Vulcan, it's nice, I think, to see him embracing his human side in this situation in front of his mother. 
I think that's really nice. Where I was going with my story with my son there was like we are embracing both sides of the two diff because they are two very different cultures. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where yeah, I was but, going. Yeah, but the difference here just being the the presenting side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the passing. And then Spock and Tapring, they break up. Tapring wasn't very happy that Spock kept the secret that he was fully human from her, but she, she a couldn't. Very tell. emotional response, very unvulcan. Mm. I think it's probably quite hard to play a Vulcan and I think sometimes the writers don't understand it because as we know, Vulcans are still quite emotional, but they're keeping that emotion below the surface. Mm. And we have seen it. Yeah, the emotions do come to the surface sometimes. But they sometimes. don't let it control them. It's like that's, no. the, that's the whole point of colonar, you know, is to suppress these emotions and, and not let them control their actions and everything to bring said in that conversation was driven by emotion i liked when spock um, though went back into like the back of the quarters and was just like into yeah. the pillow that was great yeah but um yeah no i didn't like anything to bring had to say there how she said it what she said wasn't logical and it was way too emotional um but that's opened the door now for Spock and Chapel to be together. Yeah, but it's also weird the wording where she was like, I think we should spend some time apart when the whole reason like her mother is upset with Spock is because him being part of Starfleet keeps them apart. They were already apart. They done been apart. So for her to be like, let's spend some time apart, it's not going to change anything. It no. just gives Spock permission to dig down Chapel. Which he then did. Yeah, well, we we didn't see them do that, but yeah, like that it very pushed, much led that to push it. Push out of frame. Yeah, that, that was, was she was on top at that point. Yep, she was. Um, and whatever he's using to suppress, like his nasal stuff, she gonna need that for her vagina because that um <laughs> that Vulcan strength, mate. If she if she says choke me, daddy, she's gonna pass the fuck out. <laughs> She's got to be very Maybe careful. she has to have the green uh, injection while she has sex with him. Yeah, I mean, that'd put him on equal footing. Yeah. It's going to be like um, Wolf and Jadzia, them two just walking into sickbay with just cuts and bruises <laughs> all over. Well, cuts and bruises all over her, which is a little problematic. But, um, you know, that's so what she's into. Overall, uh, I thought that was... A, it was fun. There was a few little parts with it that maybe the acting and directing needed a little bit of work. Mm, yeah. On, with especially, it was politics. the Vulcans mainly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah the, the rest of it was great. Bad casting. I, I mean, they, maybe they could have been better if, you know, they'd had some more time to, to rehearse or work on, but as is subpar. Yeah, it makes me wonder if we're going to see much more of to bring through strange new worlds now. Probably not. Mm. Maybe not I mean, for a season or two. We've seen way more than I thought we would have in, yeah. in what, 15 episodes. This is what her fourth, third, mm, at least third. Yeah. At least third, potentially fourth. Um, that's but that's a, okay. We're going to get to explore some relationship now between Spock and Chapel. Yes, which I think is good. I think, you know, they're obviously going to have to Obi-Wan Kenobi it a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the exploration of that because um, what's the point in watching characters who don't grow and change and learn? Well, so. like looking at their socials as well, like the – it was Ethan Peck and Jess Bush. They seem to be quite good friends behind the scenes yeah, as no, well. That's good. That's good. Um, they, they do definitely have some good chemistry on screen. Mm, it's, maybe it's art imitating life. I don't know, actually. You know what I, mean? I, I wouldn't have a clue. You know what I mean? So, anyway, so next week's episode mm. is called Lost in Translation. I Ugh. got no idea what that one's about. God, that's going to be an horror episode, isn't it? Uh, probably. Where, There's going to be more Ortegas flying the ship. I know that. Justice for Erica. 
But then the week after, we're getting those old scientists. Oh, tuck it back, mate. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You're pitching a tent. Tuck it back. <laughs> anyway, Maddie. Mm. Where can we find you on socials, my friend? Oh, and so I'm glad you just added add socials because if you can say where can we find you, be like at your dining room table. <laughs> uh, you can, which is me. where we do the podcast. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at high pitch Maddie H I G I. No, I've lost it. That's no, done. Try again, Maddie. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at high pitch Maddie H I G H P I T C H M A T T Y. And you can find myself at Geeking Camo on Instagram and Facebook because he's old. Yes, and Maddie. Is probably on TikTok. Yep. Everything you sent me on Facebook, I saw two weeks ago on TikTok. Yeah, I think you said this like every episode yeah. this season so far. Because you're on Facebook, bro. That's Sorry, you're on Facebook, Grandpa. Oh. Grandpa. That's the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa fingers. on here. <laughs> uh. Get into geek.